Hello and welcome to another episode of Another Brother Podcast, a podcast where two brothers talk about things that nobody asked for. Today we are joined by a special guest, our friend Jen. How are you doing, Jen? All right, a little nervous. Thanks for having me, though. Yeah, no worries. It's okay. It's, it's just our first podcast, so we're nervous too. Yeah. Our, our third <laughs> podcast, sorry. It's our third podcast. It's our, it's our first podcast. It's our third podcast episode. First podcast with a guest. Yes, there you go. See? Look how so, nervous I am. <laughs> so, today we are going to be talking about the woes of social media, the pros and cons. What do you guys think? So, I feel like, Andrew, you probably have a lot of thoughts about social media. So, do you want to start us off? Are we really going to start this conversation off with a cons list of social media? I feel like you guys can go ahead first because you guys are kind of more about it. And then I can be, I can bring in my pessimistic views. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, pr for me personally, I mean, social media, like it does have its pros and cons. And it's definitely a good way of seeing like what, what your friends are up to and like keeping in touch with people, especially during like the pandemic. It's hard to kind of know what's going on in people's lives. And, you know, it, it can be nice in that sense. Um, it can also be like a nice kind of reprieve I guess from from the monotonous work so it's nice to kind of look through and browse through social media and just like for like a, a maybe like 15 minutes you know take a little break the issue I think comes that nobody is ever just browsing on social media for only 15 minutes I was gonna say I feel like that's a really hard thing to do <laughs> yeah yeah what about you Jen what how do you feel I feel like I'm pretty neutral now like I was on I was on a bunch of social media sites before, but then like my New Year's resolution was to get off of them. So I'm like neutral ground, I think. But I see like the benefits, the pros and cons to them both. Um, I think one of the pros, I guess, is yeah, like you said, like you just get to keep up with people that you don't really like see. Like yeah, I have a bunch of elementary school friends that I don't really talk to anymore that it's kind of nice to like see what they're up to and stuff. But then I guess like the cons is that you're just kind of, always looking at what other people are doing and then you're not always focusing on yourself i guess so yeah it's super easy to compare yourself to other people yeah yeah but yeah have, have you been keeping true to that new year's resolution have you been off social media i feel like i tried to i've definitely like gone back i i deleted the apps off my phone but there is the occasional time where I'm tempted to re-download it. And then I have, I can like access Instagram and Facebook on my laptop. So like if I'm bored, I'll just log on to it on my laptop instead. Because I'm always on yeah. my laptop for work, so. Found a loophole there. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. See, I've also kind of decided that I would spend less time on social media. So um, I uninstalled Facebook from my phone and Reddit and Snapchat. I still have Instagram. And my excuse for that is that's where I talk to my girlfriend. It's on Instagram. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, I need to talk to her. So there's nothing else I could do. That's 100% a lie. Like I definitely could do it. But yeah, I keep Instagram around. And I also still have, I have TikTok. I uninstalled it for a little bit, um, but I got it back. But now I've limited myself to 45 minutes a day. So I have a thing that says like once I've gone over 45 minutes, it cuts me off. Wait, like so. it locks you out? Yeah, it locks me out. I mean, kind of. There's a button that says request more time and then you can just get an extra 15 minutes. Do you use that and button? Then, but I haven't... I used it like once. See, I tried those timers before and then any time that I was just scrolling through and I still wanted to scroll through more, I would just request more time or like deactivate it. And it would just like yeah. take 10 seconds to go in and deactivate it. But it just like... I knew in the back of my mind that like I did want myself to stop but then it's like, eh, it's not that serious. Like, I'm pretty bored. I have nothing better to do. I want myself to stop, <laughs> but not right now. I'll stop later. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the problem with these things. Like, they can be good as, like, an entertainment or, like, to, you know, to see what people are up to. But they are 100% designed to get you addicted because that's how they make money, right? It's through these ads and they make more money the more time you're on it. So, they're 100% designed to be addicting and they're very effective at doing that. So it's so easy to just go back for more and more and more. 
So, but Andrew, like, even, even though you kept on requesting more time, how did you finally uninstall all your social media and keep it off your phone for so long? Okay. Because you still don't have social media to this day. Yeah. So let me backtrack a little bit back to high school. Okay. So high school, I had Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, like Messenger, but like that's kind of included in the Facebook package. And I spent a lot of time on those apps. I think before those, before I got those apps, I thought I was doing a lot better in school and I was able to focus more. But once I had these apps, I kind of just got lost in the apps and just spent so much time on it. And it would be distracting from a school. And as you said, they're very good at getting you addicted. And I definitely felt that and I knew it was an issue. I just didn't really know how to overcome it. I Some days I even left my phone at home and would go to school without it. And then some people thought I was crazy. And then I'm just like, man, I just spent so much time on these things. But I didn't have the discipline to actually delete them at that point. And then throughout university, similar thing was happening. Um, and I, again, I spent so much time on it. I would study um, and then maybe five, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of studying. And then I would pick up my phone and scroll through Instagram. And I'm like, okay, I, I went through my own feed, got caught up and then I put it down and would go back to studying. And then I'd get bored, say 10 minutes later. And then I grab it and then, then scroll through. The explore page. And scroll through. And then maybe, maybe there's one or two posts since I last checked. And then I would see those and get caught up. And then I was like, huh, don't want to go back to studying yet. And I still have my phone in my hand. So I just go to the explore page and the explore page never ends. <laughs> so you yep. could be there all day if you really wanted to. Um, and I just like, I just realized that I was spending like say an hour there and I really didn't do any produ anything productive. And I just lost that hour of my life. And I, I didn't absorb anything. I didn't learn anything from the app. Like it was just kind of mindless activity. So at that point, after numerous run-ins with just deleting the app and keeping the account, I just decided, I think it was like my last year of school that I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to try this quick cold turkey <laughs> um, and just delete the apps. I'll like download the, the pictures that I had on it. So I have for memories and then I'll delete the app. The people that I want to stay in touch with, I can do that outside of the apps. I can like message them. I can uh, text them, but I don't have to be the main bulk of like Facebook and Instagram. It's kind of just more connecting with people rather than observing from afar, I guess. Yeah. That was a long rant. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I agree with everything you say in theory. It's just, yeah, I haven't been disciplined enough to get rid of it. I tried getting rid of it, but it only lasts like maybe a week or two. See, the thing is, once you delete it, you like instinctively go on your phone and instinctively go to try and go to those apps and you, sh you realize like, it's not there. Like, what do I even do with my time? And you have so much free time, but you don't even know what to do with it anymore, especially during the, the pandemic. It's like, I can't go out with friends. Maybe I can watch a movie or something. And then that's also not that productive. So there's just no winning kind of. Yeah. Maybe that's a bit of a pessimistic view, but that's that's kind of how I feel right now. I feel like it's hard now too, just because like you can shop. Like I was, I needed to, I needed to go and buy something off of like Facebook Marketplace, and that inherently, like I had to go back and download Facebook again. Right. So mm -hmm. like it's not only just like keeping up with people. Like there's so many other functions that you can use through social media now too that it's like all interconnected, which makes it See, hard. See, it is yeah. interconnected, but then if you really wanted to. There are also separate apps that have that same services, like Kijiji, for yeah. example. Like you'd get get yeah. the exact same thing that Park or Facebook Marketplace offers without the addicting part of it, unless you're just addicting yeah. to shopping, and then that's a whole another issue. Yeah. But speaking of productivity, Jen is a very productive person and kind of likes to plan and schedule Try her day out. So how do you think? not having the apps has impacted your productivity since has it made any difference at all well um i feel like 
I just down or just deleted it, but just because of our our jobs, I guess we've been really busy. So like I wouldn't have been spending that much time on social media regardless, um, just because it's busy season. But I think before even I download or deleted it, I think I was still pretty productive. I just wanted to be even more productive, which is the reason why I kind of deleted it in the first place. But yeah, my calendar is still updating regularly, I'd say. And then my time right now is just like, it's just spent on more, more productive things or productive in my view, I guess, is like, I spend more time cooking or like cleaning or I don't know, exercising, like doing things that are supposedly bettering myself and like the people around me versus just like spending it on social media, I guess, but yeah. And maybe that gives you a more of a drive because you're very productivity driven. So maybe that gives you more of an incentive to, to keep those apps deleted. But for me, or like people like me who aren't super into productivity, like sure, productivity is important, but um, it's not something I think about constantly. I feel like it's harder to keep those apps off, but it, it really does eat into my productivity, like in school and things like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think also like when growing up for me, I didn't grow up with TV and like fun fact, I don't have Netflix right now either. Like Shocking. my family just doesn't have Netflix. So <laughs> don't ask me, don't ask me what I do with my time. <laughs> I don't have Netflix and, I, and now I'm like trying to be off social media. So I'm like everything digital has just like been eliminated from my life or been attempted to, I've been attempting to try and eliminate from my life anyways. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird, like, disconnecting in that way, I guess. Like, you, you kind of feel like you live under a rock a little bit, but... Yeah, and speaking of, like, li living under a rock, whenever you mention to friends that even if you're just taking a break from social media, then they're always like, oh my gosh, why? Like, everybody has social media these days. But it's so much worse if you get rid of it and keep it off. Like, I know for a fact, like, Andrew, you've, you've had people go like, oh, you don't have any social media? How do you do that kind of thing, right? And so everybody's always... It's like, oh, how do you keep in contact? And it just shows how ingrained it is into our into our everyday lives and into our culture. Yeah, um, I think other people's reactions to me not having social media is either like, oh, hey, that's a great idea. Like, I respect that, but I could never do it. Like, I couldn't be off social media, you know? Or they just think I'm a weirdo because, like, everyone has social media now. <laughs> like, why are you shying away from being social with everyone else. And I'm just like, are you really socializing with people though? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm not trying to be antisocial and try to disconnect myself from the world. I'm just trying to actually connect with people rather than doing it through devices, I guess. Yeah. And the thing is, social media at its core isn't really socializing. Like maybe, maybe the messaging part is, but just looking at people's posts and like sending a like or whatever, mm -hmm. that's not socializing, right? I mean, me personally, I rarely ever post on social media and I kind of just lurk and just look at what other people post. And that's not socializing at all. That's just like, if anything, the the analogous thing in the real world would be just hiding in the bushes and watching them. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then this this leads me to another thing, like people who do post often, it's also not socializing, but there's a reason I feel like that people who post often still like keep doing it. It's a lot of it is, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but a big portion of it is you get that this kind of like serotonin and like endorphin high every time you, you get a like. And it's become such a measure of like people's self-worth, which is causes so much, so many problems with like self-esteem and stuff like that. So I've seen it so many times in high school where people were like oh i didn't get enough likes on this post like i'm ugly like i i should delete this and i'm just like you got 120 likes like what are you talking about and they're like no i normally get 200 and i'm just like that is insane right but i i'm kind of guilty of it as well like sometimes when i'm when i post something i'll be like checking the like counts and like logically i know like why do i care this doesn't matter but i still keep checking it because I'm like, I want more likes. It makes you feel good if people like your shit. Yeah, it's that short-term validation and everyone likes to feel acknowledged. So just having those stats there, even though you know in the back of your mind that they shouldn't mean anything, 
you check them and at the end of the day they do have some impact on your mental state i guess yeah they've shown i think that there's like a strong correlation between teen depression and the rise of social media so they're probably like very highly linked yeah. people have like lower self-esteem when they're on social media like i don't want to be a negative nancy and just be talking about all the terrible things that social media does because it does do some good things but and everything is good in moderation but it's just so easy to go overboard i think i think there was one i don't know like during the summer um i ran i ran like a charity event like i ran a, a 15k through like for rbc and that was like actually that was actually helpful to have social media so there's definitely like pros to it too so like in terms of fundraising and stuff like it was easy to share and like people it was so nice people that like i haven't talked to in probably like years they were actually like fundraise or like contributing to my fundraiser and stuff which was so nice and so i just send them a message after and like there's no way i would have been able to connect with them if i didn't post it i guess yeah, and it like it helps get your your word out there if you want to say something. You can get it seen by like hundreds of people and so getting your word out and getting your thoughts out into the world has never been easier. Um but again, that has its pros and cons because it's so easy to get your opinion heard, but it's also so easy to spread information and so it's so easy to spread misinformation too. Big and news. that's why yeah, that's why so many conspiracy theories have like suddenly taken off with the rise of social media there's flat earthers there's like so many anti-vaxxers there's people who believe that the moon landing was fake there's people that believe 9-11 was fake and it's because it's just so easy to just start up this page on facebook or whatever and just start quoting these like fake facts and anybody can come see it anybody in the world so it's never been easier to spread misinformation which is another huge issue. And they've been trying to deal with it for years, but I don't think they've made any headway. And the the issue with misinformation is especially prevalent now when we're in the middle of a pandemic and there have been there have been a lot of conflicting thoughts and opinions and and conflicting ideas throughout this pandemic talking about vaccines and masks and social distancing and all sorts of stuff that have really politicized this pandemic when it really didn't need to be and yeah and i largely attribute that to social media yeah i feel i feel like this whole misinformation and the social media side of things it's mainly people who are also like looking for additional attention or are normally outcasts in regular society because like do you remember the van killer in toronto a couple years back mm-hmm. so that whole event what kind of spurred him to do it was the fact that he had no real success with women um and yeah. he was part of this like incel group i don't know what platform it took place on but some social media platform and basically it allowed people with that those similar thoughts and negative views of women and there were those kind of same similar experiences to kind of get together and then that whole idea just spiraled and snowballed into something so much bigger and ended up being a catastrophic event yeah it can plant the seeds for really terrible ideologies to develop in people yeah it's kind of scary it's it well, is very it scary, is scary. <laughs> it's just like whole group think i guess when you get a lot of people backing the same idea it could turn bad if that is rooted in negativity i guess mm-hmm. for sure anyway moving on we talked a little bit about like how social media causes self-esteem issues and part of that is because you're when you see people on social media, you're constantly comparing yourselves to other people, which isn't really fair to yourself because nobody is posting or very few people are posting the not so perfect moments in their life. Their lives seem very storybook-esque on social media and that can make 
make you think like, oh, why isn't my life like that? Why isn't my life like this person's is according to Instagram? So it can cause a lot of issues. And like, have you guys ever had any any personal stories with comparing yourself? Um, I don't know. If, well, actually, I'm sure I have lots of personal stories, but they say that comparison is the thief of joy. That's a quote mm. that I, I, I learned about or heard about a while back, and I thought that was very relevant to this situation. Uh, but basically, yeah. yeah, you're comparing other people's like highlight reel to your like low points in your life. And you know, and you know that too. But even still, like in the back of your mind, you're just like, wow, my life sucks. Like how come their life is just awesome? But you never see their... Mm -hmm. You never see their low points like they're not they're obviously not going to post that on social media what about you jen have you ever had any comparison stories for me i think a lot of it is it's not necessarily like instagram or facebook like those two weren't didn't really impact me when i was on them i guess which i'm not now but i think the main one that was really bad for me was actually linkedin which i understand like why we need it but like if you scroll through LinkedIn and you see like so-and-so, someone like your age getting a promotion or someone younger than you getting a promotion, you wonder like, what am I doing? Like, am I behind? And then you start comparing yourself that way. And that's kind of, that's kind of a dangerous way of thinking just because like everybody's kind of on their own path and like career wise, it's hard. It's hard not to compare, especially if a lot of your connections are like through school or another job that you had. So I think that, I think LinkedIn was, yeah, LinkedIn was really bad for me. And then another one that's not, that's actually that, that boosted me up. And maybe that's just because like, I, I'm more athletically inclined, but Strava. So Strava is a big one that like I kept. So Strava, and I don't like to think Strava is really social media, but it is kind of because you're still following people. But the main reason that I use Strava is just to like track my, track my runs and my, my, my bike rides and stuff. But that one actually like really boosted me up. It did like the opposite. So I had LinkedIn that was like pulling me down, but Strava was just like my way of seeing like, oh, so-and-so is running, like good for them kind of thing. Mm. Um, someone from Andrew and I's class from Waterloo, Rolly, shout out shout to Rolly, out to who's Rolly. doing his, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Rolly, who's doing his marathon training. I'm so impressed. He actually recently ran like 15 kilometers and I was so impressed because before, I think Andrew and I were talking like in October or something, the most he had run was four kilometers. And like that, that jump from four kilometers to 15 in like a couple of months is unreal. So I don't know, like, it, I think it depends on which social media site you're using and like the purpose of it. But I found Strava has like a really good community or I think I have like a good community on Strava that I like to follow. So Speaking of the LinkedIn stuff, though, I can relate. Like, I don't really scroll through LinkedIn because I kind of find that boring. I just see like, oh, this person got this job and, I'll, and I'm just like, okay, that kind of gets boring after a little bit. Or like the companies I worked at in the past, like they post some like some post on their new product, uh, which is, I don't know, it's not as addicting. But yeah, I can definitely relate to comparing yourself for jobs and stuff like that because in my program engineering like a lot of people put so much worth on what co-ops you get and there's this thing that people say it and they say like cali or bust if you don't get a silicon valley job then i don't know it's just you're, you're just not good enough or something like that and it's just very difficult because you see all these all these people getting these like these jobs at like google and apple and tesla and you're just like oh shoot why why aren't i doing that and it can put a lot of strain and I've definitely compared myself to to people who who get these like really good jobs but it's important to remember that the only person you're racing against is yourself you're not racing against anybody else you should just be comparing yourself to you and your own goals and as long as you're happy with where you're going in life then that's good enough and I've seen a lot of people who have like switched programs or like taken a gap year or whatever and they they're stressed and depressed because they feel behind compared to their peers but ultimately maybe you're like a year two years three years behind what are those two or three years what do they mean in like the grand scheme of things? Once you have your degree or whatever you're going for and you have that job or you, you get to where you want to be, those couple of years aren't really going to make that much of a difference. So 
it's important to just like step back, look at the big picture, and stop comparing yourself if you can. I think it's hard too, though, just because like it's just everywhere. Like LinkedIn is just the whole purpose of LinkedIn is to like boast about your accomplishments. Like yeah, nobody puts anything bad on LinkedIn. Yeah, so. for sure. And comparing yourself to others, like it can might kind of make you think that you have to be the very best. Not to quote the Pokemon theme song, but you have to be at your tip top shape. Like when you're when you're going to a job, and if you're not doing the very the very best, and you're not pumping out work like like an animal, then you're not doing well. Which kind of makes makes like imposter syndrome much more prevalent among people. And I'm sure we've all dealt with imposter syndrome. Like I know I know I have. I think everyone kind of goes through it as you get older, especially like, for example, like in your first few jobs or whatever, and you don't have a lot of experience, you kind of maybe don't even feel like you deserve that job, or you don't feel like you know enough to be in that position. So, yeah, for me, working at PwC and just doing my co-ops there. When I start, when I started to get a little bit more experience under my belt, and I was like leading jobs and coaching others,、um, I kind of felt this this imposter syndrome pretty seriously because sometimes I'm just like, well, I don't even really know how to do this work, and I'm trying to coach other people. Like, am I really qualified for this? Like, how come I don't know how to do this? But over time, it just kind of Sits in or sets in, and you kind of just learn as you're going along on the job. And it's not necessarily things that you like learnt in school. You just have to kind of adapt, learn on the fly. On the job, learning is probably the best type of learning that you're gonna get. If you sit through hours and hours of training, you probably aren't gonna absorb most of it. But if you actually work through it, get your hands dirty per se, that information and that process. Will stick with you a lot more, and you'll pick up a lot more along the way. So yeah, imposter syndrome. I feel like everyone kind of goes through it, and it's a natural part of learning and kind of growing up too. But you just have to trust that it will all work out in the end, and you just gotta fake it till you make it. Honestly, another thing is you shouldn't think that you don't deserve the job. Or you don't deserve to get into the program you're in, or whatever, because chances are, if you if you're hired, they think that you're you clearly have the skills that are required to do this job. You should believe your managers and stuff like that when they tell you that you're doing a good job. Because I know a lot of people. I remember Jen. I was talking to you about this, and and you're saying that like your team and everybody is saying like, oh, you're doing such a good job, and you just say like, oh, but I don't know anything like. I'm just faking it. Clearly, you know something, and you know how to do the job. Otherwise, you wouldn't be getting this praise, right? I don't know.、Um, I still have that, to be honest. Like, it's hard just be- just to like think that you know what you're doing, because obviously, like nobody knows everything. But I think for me, like, I'm very thorough, and so if I don't know everything about a topic, then I know nothing about a topic. Like, I'm too extreme. I think.、Mm-hmm. Which is where a lot of like the imposter syndrome also stems from. I think it's hard too just to to like get out of that imposter syndrome mindset. I think you almost have to like push yourself out of your comfort zone too, which is another hard thing to do, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, when you a lot of the time when you're coming onto these jobs, they don't expect you to know everything like inside and out. Most people are learning on the job. Including probably people who have been working there for years and years. There's always like new things. Speaking from my experience, most of my a lot of my jobs have been working in software, and I've seen people talking about software development, and they say time and time again, like ninety percent of doing software development is just googling stuff on the fly and just trying to find. Stuff on these forums like Stack Overflow, and just trying to find somebody who already solved this problem, and then you just like. Copy paste it in, or you just like trying to debug by like looking on Stack Overflow for this error message. Nobody really knows one hundred percent what they're doing. You just have to kind of figure it out as you go, and that's okay. It doesn't mean you're an imposter. Yeah, going back to the fact that no one knows one hundred percent or exactly what they're doing. I think like going into 
I guess the real world and like getting a job and like nothing is black and white. No one has like the exact correct answer. There's not necessarily like a perfect solution. There's always judgment required. There's always some critical thinking. There can be like back and forth discussions to figure out a solution that works. But like as we're raised and like growing up through like school and whatnot, it wasn't like that. It wasn't gray. It was black and white. Like there's right and wrong. Like for example, like going through your math or like physics textbooks, doing your homework, you check the answer at the back of the book. And you're just like, oh, yeah, am I right or am I wrong? And then tests, like, are you right or are you wrong? But like going through life, no one's going to give you that. No one even has those answers of what's like truly right and wrong. It's not cut and dry. It's like I said, it's gray rather than black and white. So with all this talk about imposter syndrome and comparing yourself to others and spending too much time on social media, like what are some of the things that we can do to try and combat these things? And how do we kind of manage our thoughts from betraying us, I guess? And how can we make ourselves more, more productive and be better? I think a lot of it comes down to like finding activities that you enjoy and like things that you kind of make you tick and boost your confidence in that sense. I guess just an example for me, like that was something that I kind of found like during COVID, like I really got into long distance running, which you guys know yeah. about. Like I, I know I won't shut up about running because I just talk to, the, talk to you guys about running all the time. But I think it was just running and then also like working out and stuff. I've always been semi like athletically inclined, but then during COVID, there wasn't really much to do other than work out, I guess, or do exercise. Like there was definitely, like I could have watched TV all the time, but like, again, not on Netflix. So this was the only thing to do. Just finding sports and, and new things to try, I guess, really helps. Yeah. So I really liked the, the part where you said you need to try new things, because I feel like that is absolutely something that everyone needs to do. They need to keep an open mind need to broaden their horizons and try new things. Obviously, learning about yourself and learning who you are and what you like, what makes you happy is not going to come to you immediately. You need to try different things and kind of experiment and just kind of, I guess, reflect on how certain activities kind of make you feel and what you enjoy spending your time doing. Because ultimately, that is what you want to invest time and even... <laughs> money into <laughs> if there's hobbies that you like for example like sports you should be taking the time to actually do those things because it is good for your mental health it's good for your physical health and it's good just for your overall well-being so i think just trying new things will ultimately reward you i think using your time to to pick up a new skill or, or find something, find some new hobby that you really enjoy. So like, it's going to be super rewarding when you start learning a new skill and you start to reap the benefits. Like, so that could be cooking or playing an instrument or some other creative outlet like drawing or painting. That can go a long way in keeping your mind at ease. You also spend more time doing it, which keeps you off of this, keeps you off of the, the social media. So you picked up hiking. That was something that, that was one of your quarantine, new quarantine hobbies, I guess, that... I guess. You picked um, up. But I mean, we, we did hiking last winter, but then since then, I haven't really been doing much hikes. Like, I did a couple here and then, but I haven't really been doing it that much. I'm hoping to go with some friends in the next couple weeks. Hiking's a lot of fun, but I don't want to hike alone, and so I need hiking buddies. I am your hiking buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're busy. Nathaniel just called me out because he said that I didn't have that I didn't make time for him. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and my other hiking buddy um, has now moved to Calgary. So who's that? I know he liked hiking so much that he had to move across the country for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Took a hike out to Calgary. But it's good to have like these other hobbies. So like I started it up. Um, piano which I've mentioned in like other episodes before and that's been fun I should probably spend more time than I do playing piano because I really only spend like maybe 10 minutes at a time playing but it is quite enjoyable and I've started doing some other things like my girlfriend and I will do some painting and that's been a lot of fun 
and it's hard right now but i think a good another good thing to do to get off social media is go outside and meet people and talk to people and it you can't really do that maybe right now depending on where you live because of the pandemic but once things open up i encourage you to go out and uh see your friends and you know go get a bite to eat or get a drink or something like that i mean they're not shut down in calgary like andrew can go out and can you like restaurants and stuff are open up in calgary right now right they are semi-open I, yeah i think restaurants are open they might have some capacity restrictions i'm not really sure but i know like larger venues like for example the saddle dome where the calgary flames fl- play capacity is limited to 50 percent there and then there's no food or drinks and then mass on at all times and i believe it is a similar situation for say like movies and like movie theaters i don't know if restaurants have the same restrictions but they definitely have imposed some new ones after this omicron spike you know i was gonna say you said 50 percent saddle dome capacity that's a full stadium for calgary we're roasting (laughs) now eh all right okay i actually don't know how my leafs did today but they were winning last time i checked oh you checked calgary flames kind of got smacked around for the last four games so you know it's okay. Maybe you need to switch back to being a... Or switch to being a Leafs fan. No, I can't. I'm a loyal Flames fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a rivalry going on now. Going back to the topic at hand. We talked about managing your... Maybe your, your thoughts and getting off of social media a little bit better. What do you fill your time with? And like, how do you manage that time that you have now? I know, Jen, you're like... You log everything in your calendar. it's unhealthy yeah my my calendar is always it's revolving revolving uh clock or whatever it just i think i spend too long honestly on my calendar like trying to plan my day which i think i need to your calendar has become (laughs) it really has been like it's just like in the morning what are you doing like are you running and then in the evening what are you doing are you doing weights like all of my free time that i used to spend like commuting or I guess like my downtime on social media got turned into exercise or cooking or like something in that in that realm I guess but yeah my calendar my calendar is I think I need to spend less time on my calendar now but I think one thing that was good for us over COVID I guess was just like us filling our time with like our Tabata workouts that was a big thing for us that's something that we do regularly and that's something that kind of like that sits in my calendar like that's like a, a repeating re- like one of those like recurring events on my on my calendar it just there's no end date on that so fyi guys we're doing that forever yeah we're gonna be 80 <laughs> years old and doing these tabata workouts also for everyone who doesn't know what is a tabata workout nathan you want to explain what a tabata workout is um a tabata workout is just like it's kind of like those hit workouts the high intensity interval training workouts so it's it's basically like you you do these exercises for a certain amount of time and i think the idea of tabata is you you go hard for those for that amount of time and i don't always go that hard and sometimes i like take breaks and stuff like that but so maybe i'm not doing it properly but yeah the idea is that you do it for a certain interval of time um, and it's supposed to be more high intensity so yeah it's like basically those hit workouts yeah, so the way that we do it, we've been doing this for... Wait, when did we start this? Like, at the beginning of COVID. So we've been doing this for a really long time now. Yeah, I think I joined in, like, April or May of 2020. Yeah, Andrew and I are the are the founders of this Tabata group. But the way that we did it, or we started it, we started it with 45 seconds on, 15 seconds off, nine exercises, and then four rounds. So that's how we started it. But I guess, like as we've kind of continued with this process, like we found that it's a learning, it's a learning process. Like you, you kind of get comfortable with like the number of sets or the number of reps that you're doing in that time frame, And you're like, this isn't that bad. And in order to like push yourself, the only thing to do is kind of like get uncomfortable. And in that case, you kind of have to either add exercises or like increase the time or like decrease your time that you're spent resting and stuff. So at this point, what is this like two years in? We're we're at 50 seconds on, 10 seconds off, and now we're at 11 exercises. So yeah, 
I don't always enjoy that. <laughs> but it's the good. eleven is it's... new. The eleven is new. Yeah, it's good. It's a good good way to keep in shape. Yeah, it's another good hobby to have. I think they say something like it can be difficult for people to start working out and start getting into these kinds of things. I think they said something like it takes I don't know like a month of something of doing something consistently to to make it a habit or make it like easier to do and more consistent um so you just need to keep forcing it for like that month or so and then it becomes a lot easier you need to get over that first initial hurdle i think exercise like it's one of those things that it it helps you physically but like for me it's a big mental aspect too like it it's the way that it helps me like get comfortable with being uncomfortable i think like you realize after you're like okay if i do these 50 seconds like it's just 50 seconds then i can take a break and you take kind of everything that you're doing in like smaller increments and those smaller steps don't seem so bad at the like when you get to the end i guess and you realize that you actually like i guess like achieved a, a higher goal i guess yeah i think that uh, what Nathan was saying earlier about how it takes whatever, a month or so to make that habit. I think it also relates to what you're saying, Jen, um, of being like comfortable with being uncomfortable because I think you need to get yourself out of that comfort zone to make that new habit. And that just goes for anything. It doesn't have to be working out. It could be literally making your bed or flossing as I have made a habit and I'm pretty proud of myself for that. But yeah, it's just doing something enough so that it feels normal. Because if it doesn't feel normal, it just, I guess, feels weird doing it. And you're not going to do it day in and day out. But if you do it on a consistent basis, and even on, especially on the days that you don't want to do it, that's how you kind of grow and push yourself. Yeah, I think there was one workout a couple weeks ago. Nathaniel, you weren't here for this one. But Andrew was insistent. He did not want to do this workout. He wanted to go sit and watch the Flames game. And... (laughs) I let him watch the Flames game, but then after that, we had yeah, to work out. <laughs> we keep each other accountable in this group, for the most part. But even then, like there are there are multiple times when like it's still a bit of a push because there have been times where we just go um, and it's like, oh, I don't feel like working out today, and Andrew will be like, can we just savasana <laughs> for the whole workout? For those of you who don't know, savasana is a yoga pose where you're just lying on your back, um, <laughs> and you're just basically. Your eyes closed. It's like you're sleeping, but you're still awake. I just fall asleep. But that's my favorite, yeah. <laughs> my favorite one. I'm not a yoga master, but I can savasana all day. <laughs> yeah. Or we'll be like, how about let's watch a movie today instead of working yeah. out. So it doesn't become like super easy. Like even though it's still like a consistent, maybe like kind of like a habit, it doesn't become something that like is super easy. But then if you stop working out for like, a couple weeks you start to think like oh i haven't worked out in so long i need that workout again to feel right yeah but also if you don't work out for a long time it also just feels normal to not work out and it feels like yeah if you, you wait just too long. don't yeah. want to work out and that's partially yeah. why those comments came about like oh i just want a savasana i just want to watch a movie it's typically after those breaks that we took <laughs> We took one month off. Yeah, that was a that was a, a month. I felt that one after. Mm. That wasn't quite a month. It was like a few weeks, the, yeah. around the holidays. Yeah, that's probably the time that we needed it the most too. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the holidays, you guys have any New Year's resolutions? Oh, Andrew doesn't believe in New Year's resolutions. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I am on the school of thought. On the school of thought. Part of the school of thought. I'm part of the school of thought that says. <laughs> That if you want to better yourself or make a change, you don't need to wait until the New Year's. You can do it right now. That's my belief. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I feel like when you when you set like a New Year's resolution and you think like, oh, new year, new me, it's not a new you. And if you think like that, it will like Right, yeah, because the, the new year really hasn't changed anything else. And also, when you see other people's New Year's resolutions kind of falling through, it also, like, seems socially acceptable that yours didn't work out either, (laughs) so. (laughs) But that's just my two cents. No, I didn't really set any New Year's resolutions either. I keep on thinking, like, oh, I should work out more. 
um, because I really only do like these these workouts with you guys. And I've done a couple, but not too many. And that's a common one. Everybody's like, oh, I need to work out more. I'm going to get that beach body. But yeah, it doesn't always work out that way. What about you, Jen? Mm, for me, um, mine, are, mine are very fitness related, but then also, like I said, a couple that were non-fitness related. But my fitness ones this year, I kind of want to do a triathlon, which I recently bought a road bike. And we'll see if I can, well, I feel like I should take baby steps. I feel like the road bike was the first step. So maybe not the triathlon this year, but I think one day that's like kind of more of a life goal, I guess. I think I'd like to do a triathlon. That would be interesting or like something fun to do. But then I think something else that I set for the new year was just to like stress less. I don't know, <laughs> which, which is easier said than done. But that was definitely like one of my things. It was kind of to start letting the the little things slide i think and realize realize that not everything needs to be so stressful i think yeah and i think like well okay do you think that you having that kind of drive for for productivity and being more type a adds to your level of stress oh 100% i think like i was born stressed out like <laughs> <laughs> like inherently stressed all the time that also just could be because of like my background too like i'm I'm the eldest of five, so, like, I've always been, like, very direct, like, had to kind of, like, manage, manage little, manage little kids. They're not little anymore, but, like, when I was, when I was younger, like, I would always have to manage them, and it was that, and then, like, just managing my own schedule, too. Like, I used to play soccer, like, competitively, and having to do, manage, like, and balance everything together was, was definitely a, a tough thing to do. Yeah, you just gotta be like me, and I don't care about a lot of things. I'm just like, I can't change it. Just don't worry about it. Just let it slide. And just see where things, see where life takes you. Mm -hmm. Go with the flow. So, Jen, I just have a question for you. Were you late, okay. early, or right on time when you <laughs> popped out of the womb? Oh my god. Um, I think I was late. Oh boy. So yeah. so unlike you. <laughs> I was late. I was C-section actually, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I was I was so I was very stressed out already. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's how been. you know. I would have yeah. expected you to be like right fifteen minutes early or like punctual or something like right on time. No. Just stressed out all the time. Yeah, but that's why I hang around you guys. You're yeah, trying to, uh, trying to get chill. me. Yeah. Yeah, we're laid back. We're super laid back, and then we're just rubbing off on you, and you're coming late to our <laughs> workouts and our calls. I didn't I come know. late to the workout. I don't know if it's necessary. I don't know if it's necessarily no, hey, a good why? thing. You, you didn't show up to the workout this morning, so. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I did forget to set an alarm, but also. There is a time zone difference, and I am two hours behind you guys, so technically waking up two hours earlier than you guys, so let's remember that. Okay, but we also we also offered, I'm pretty sure Nathaniel yesterday was like, we can do 11 if you want, and you were like, nah, let's do 10. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was me sub subconsciously knowing that if it's earlier, I'll just sleep through it, and that's good for me. <laughs> You're kind of self-sabotaging yourself. Uh, self-sabotaging, looking out for myself. You know, it could have <laughs> gone either way. However you want to look at it. Uh, potato, no wait. Tomato, tomato, not potato, potato. Nobody says potato. Do I don't know, but I have heard that expression. <laughs> I just never heard anyone say potato. To be fair though, I've never heard anyone say tomato either. No, tomato is how the British people say it. They go tomato. Okay, or the Italians maybe? Don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they say potato though. Potato. I feel like if you potato. say potato, you'd say I don't potato. Know. No, that just sounds wrong. It would be potato. Yeah. See, uh, our weirdness anyway. is coming up, coming out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Sorry, my cheeks are hurting. I'm smiling too much. Stop being so happy. <laughs> hop on, hop on yeah. social media and stop comparing yourself right now. <laughs> Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, going back to, um, what were we even talking about? New Year's resolutions? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing to, to be less stressed, Jen? Mm, good question. Um, lots of exercise 
And then I think for me, it's just but like, weren't you already doing that? But more. Are you yeah. doing more exercise this year? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I think I'm actually slacking off this year, but. Don't but think okay. of it as slacking off. Think of it as taking some time for yourself. Taking some time for myself. No, yeah. I think it's also, it's just been too cold to run outside. Like today it's, it's minus 30 in Toronto. No, it feels it's like not. It feels like minus 30. It's, it's not minus 30. It feels like minus 30. I was supposed to go skiing today and I was like, I looked at the weather and I was like, no, I'm not going. Well, minus when I was, 15. When I went okay. outside, yeah, like, especially in the sun, it was like minus 12 or 13. And I was like, I expect this to be much colder because there was like some extreme cold weather warning. And it was like, I heard people going like, oh, it's minus 20, feels like minus 30. I'm like, this isn't that bad. I haven't left my house in like a week. It's so. minus 15, feels like <laughs> minus 24. Talk to me when you're at yeah, minus, so minus 28, 30. feels like minus 42. Okay, but you're at like six degrees today yeah. for whatever you're, whatever you guys are at. For your Tank snow. top weather. But no, not, I haven't been, I feel like going outside is like a big thing for me. So it's been hard right now not to go outside just because it's cold. But one way that I've been trying to like stay less stressed is just like, journaling i guess like andrew kind of got me at, into that actually that was that was his thing and then he was like i was like maybe i should do that dear diary not not a diary but it's more of like i wrote myself like a, a pep talk which was kind of helpful actually mm. so did nice. that and then also sim our friend from school she introduced me to these like once this one second every day app which I was doing oh, consistently, yeah. basically, up until, I would say, like, last week. But then I got really busy, and then, like, I don't really have that much to update on my one second other than work now. But I kind of have, like, themes for those. And, like, last year's theme was, like, I labeled it, like, things to be grateful for. And that kind of helped me de-stress, I guess. Like, realize that there's actually, like, there's little things that, like, make you happy throughout the day, I think. Mm-hmm. I think last year, one of the things that I had was like, I don't remember, it was like grateful for meal prep or something like that. And I literally had like a video of like my meal prep stuff on the counter. But like, if you find joy in the little things, then that's what matters, I think. Yeah, I tried that one second every day app and I, I used it for like maybe two or three weeks and then I got bored and I stopped. I still have it on my phone. I just haven't been using it. Also, one second is so short. Like... Every time I go to take a video, I'm like, I can't even put anything in this video because it's so short. Yeah, but it's actually a good way to like compile it. You don't want to watch like a super yeah. long video at the end of your year. Yeah, because yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. even with one second every day, if you do every day, that's like six minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this year, this year, my theme is like, it was, it's like happiness is blah, blah, blah. So I'm trying to figure out like things that little things that make me happy this week, this, this year, I think. Which is nice. Which is good. And I guess this this past week there hasn't been anything to make you happy. No, I just work all the time. Which <laughs> shout out to work for employing me, but right now uh, I'm I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> your your work is probably going like, what? We don't make you happy. We're not good enough for you. <laughs> I'm just tired. <laughs> just tired. Don't worry, we won't send this podcast to your boss. Yeah. But if he finds it of his own accord. That's not our problem. <laughs> if we somehow go viral between, I don't know, say the next week or two, not our fault. I enjoy my work. <laughs> I'm just tired. You're going to cut that part out. <laughs> going back to New Year's resolutions, like I don't really have any resolutions, but I do, or like, do I have goals even for this year? My goals, honestly, I'm kind of, not really aiming that high this year my goals are to i don't know get into grad school and that's that's it good, but andrew you had some goal. interesting things that you i guess but i mean there's only one it's not that interesting yeah. what you had an interesting thing that you wanted to do this year do you want to talk about that yeah i would like to do a ted talk um, hopefully in 2022, if I can get on their stage. Ted, if you're listening, hit him up. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Ted Talk. But yeah, I'm going to get involved with the Toastmasters 
Calgary chapter and try to just hone my speaking skills, kind of get some more practice at doing speeches and get that under my belt before I go off and do this actual big TED talk. But yeah, there's something I kind of always wanted to do. So it kind of, well, I don't know if I always want to do it. Public speaking also freaked me out for a long time earlier in my life, but I think I'm just, I've gotten more comfortable with myself um, in my own skin and I've gotten a little bit more practice presenting and talking. So now it is a goal of mine and I think it would just be really cool. Yeah, that seems super cool. I'd want to do a TED talk, but I don't even know what I'd talk about, but it just seems cool to go out there and say like I did a TED talk. Hey, you can do a TED talk on creating a podcast. Yeah, but our podcast has like Uh, 15 (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Like I don't think anybody's going to want to listen. How it started how it started at 15 listeners and then went viral. There you go. After this episode, we're going to have 10 million listeners. Okay. Top of the charts. That's a, big, that's a big goal. That's our goal. That's our goal for this year. Not 10 million, but have over 500 listeners. That's a lot of listeners. That is. Honestly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's a shooting for the stars type of goal, but I like it. You know, there you go. Shoot for the stars and you'll land amongst them. Isn't it shoot for the moon and even if you miss oh, it, yeah. land amongst the stars? <laughs> yeah, close enough. <laughs> tomato, tomato, right? Yes, exactly. Tomato. <laughs> All right. I think one of my goals is to eventually do a half Iron Man. Did I talk about that already? No, I said triathlon. But like one of my one of my friends is actually or like she's training for a half Ironman this year, and I told her that help her train, but I may not necessarily run it because I don't think I'm ready for it yet. But that's one of more more of my my life goals. I think that's a, like a nice thing to do, or something that I would like to to try to kind of strive for. So athletically inclined and such ambitious yeah. goals, I must say. I know. I think a lot of it also just stems from the fact that like my, my family is very athletically inclined and then my mom is very driven and she's very good at setting goals for herself but then also like what she what she always wanted us to kind of do. Like when we were little, this isn't um, like something that she did, but I think just like seeing the way, how hard that she works, like that always just like set me and my siblings off to like go and try and like make her proud I think was was a big thing and so that's why a lot of our goals are like to to try and make her proud and like do stuff like that but one of the things that I kind of did in elementary school actually now that this kind of brings a bell like something that I kind of did in elementary school and it was like a goal that I wanted to achieve but I actually wrote a book in elementary school I don't think I've ever told you guys this you did yeah you wrote one too yeah Basically, we had this, like, um, one of one of our teachers, I think, like, she came back from, like, the Dominican Republic, and they had recently had a hurricane or something like that. And, like, one of the elementary schools in the Dominican, the roof blew off or something. There was no roof on, on, the, on the school anymore. And so my teacher was doing this, like, presentation, and I was literally in, like, I was literally in, like, grade three, four? Grade three. I think I was in grade three, and I was watching this presentation, and I'm like man, I should, like, actually try and do something about this. And so me and my friend, my friend in elementary school, we wrote this book to, like, fundraise money. And we eventually, I think we ended up raising, like, 500 bucks or something like that. It was, oh, like, nice. It was, like, That's a small really amount or something. Yeah. Um, we, ra- we raised, like, 500 bucks, and we, like, gave her this check after um, just, like, presenting her with this book. And, I w- and we actually... I, it made me feel good. I don't know. It was like a good way to, to like give back to the community and stuff like that. And we actually ended up getting like some spot on like Omni TV or something like that. So I was Ooh, on damn. TV. Yeah. Yeah. I was on TV like back way back in the day for with like some interview or something like that. Wait, what, what was the what was the book about and how long was it? Oh, I feel like it was like a 20, 30 pages or something like that. It was a book about mermaid fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Do you sell a copy of it? I have I have a copy of it. We liked we liked doing it so much that we had, our next book was about um elephants and we raised money for the elephant sanctuary. Hmm, nice. Was it like a like a picture book? 
Yeah. I was I was the author and my friend did the illustrations and then Steph, my sister, which she was so upset that she wasn't on the book that we put her name on it. We put her down as like colorer or something <laughs> like that. Like, and even though she didn't do anything. So so now one of your future goals is to write another book? It actually is. It's funny you bring that up. Like me and my siblings, we do this thing like every time my grandparents come over we kind of like interview them about their lives kind of thing and we have this like we yeah we have this we have this family note where it's like a timeline of all the stuff that they did like when they when they got here like came to Canada like what they achieved or like what they did in Trinidad um that kind of stuff and like it's just a good way to remember like where your roots are from and like what they kind of achieved before before they got here. Yeah, if that's one of our one of our goals eventually is to is to write something even if it's it's not for like the public knowledge, but like it's eventually something that I think would be nice to like have and then pass on to our kids cuz like I don't want that to be something that I forget or that they don't know about, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. I've, I've always liked writing, so. I actually did something similar to what you just described. Like when I was, I don't know, I think it was in grade nine or 10. I was part of this program where you interview people or you interview like seniors and then write their story. So like I interviewed this man and told his story in some, I don't know if it was ever, ever published. The idea was it was going to be published in like some newspaper or something like that. I don't know if it ever was, but yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I think it's a good project to have. Mm-hmm. We'll get Andrew into writing too. Reading and writing. Yeah, I think Andrew needs to <laughs> read a little bit more first. Not not, not to throw shade. But also, like, I don't know. Were you ever into writing, Andrew? Nope. <sighs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's honestly not much, I, not much more I can say on that. I just never tried writing a book. That is not something that really interested me. Other than the fact that I made a little picture book in grade nine, but it was for class. Like I had to, but it was a pretty good picture book. And it it was like a touch and feel book. It was a pretty good kid's picture book. It was touch and feel. Cool little thing. Yeah. Our cousins have it now. Oh, do they? Mm -hmm. They probably threw it out. Whoa. I don't think so. (laughs) How did I make it? I don't know. It was just various random materials combined. Stems to you from your childhood dream of being a maker. Yeah. Or what is it? That was my dream. No, it wasn't. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm confused no, you're about who it was. my dream, bud. I wanted to be a toy maker. No. And I called it a maker. No. I wanted to be no. a maker because I thought I'd be able to play with the toys in my free no, time. No, that's what I thought. You're stealing my... No. You're stealing my memory, dude. <laughs> no, this to, is my memory. You're trying to take my memory from me and steal it as your own. <laughs> Maybe I wanted to be a maker because you wanted to be a maker, but yeah, I definitely see? wanted to be a maker. Which is, seems very likely to me. Please yeah. listen to our first episode for more details on that. <laughs> yeah, it's actually true though. All the the younger ones always want to be like the older ones. Yeah. It's true. Because we're just cooler. Yeah, that's what I tell myself too, but then now I'm not cool enough for them. So for some background, there's four siblings that are younger than me. I have two younger brothers and two younger sisters, and all of them are on their own different paths right now. So nobody's following anybody. That's good. They all have their own separate interests and all have different identities. That's good. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in middle child syndrome is the real question? I believe in middle child syndrome for sure. Also see more details in the first episode. Um, I am the middle child and I feel like Middle child syndrome basically just says that they are the most troublesome child of the bunch because they're just a little bit more neglected than the other ones because the first kid gets all the undivided attention for however many years. And then the second kid gets the attention for a little bit until the third one comes along and then steals it all away. So I think it really also depends on the age gaps and like how long they're the parents kind of spent with each kid but yeah in our situation it was like four years between my older sister Danielle and myself and then nearly two years between Nathaniel and myself so didn't get a lot of attention on my own so 
Still salty about it. Just kidding. Hear that, mom and dad? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for me, I'm the oldest, and then Steph is one year younger than me, and then Katie is two, two years, three years. Honestly, I, I forget. There's so many of us. And then after Christopher is, I think, three or four years, and then Matthew and Christopher are two years. But yeah. I believe in middle child syndrome too. I just believe that they that they're they're the little black sheep of the family. I've told Andrew this before, but I think they're the they're the black sheep of the family. So you have three black sheep then, or just the one actual middle? Um, to be determined. The the one actual middle one is Katie right now, and she is for some background. Steph, I'm in I'm in accounting, and then Steph is in actuarial science. So both of us went the business paths, and like. My parents are actuary and accountant, and Katie went into engineering. So, <laughs> yeah, Andrew is the middle child, or is the yeah. is the black sheep of the family. Yeah, yeah, similarly to me in my situation, my family dynamic, like my both my parents are in IT, and then Danielle studied engineering and went into software development, and Nathaniel also studied engineering and is doing some engineering things i don't know it's all over my head (laughs) so i'm sorry if i got some roles and responsibilities wrong but that's what it is to me (laughs) and um i am the accountant and kind of went more business path so very different here as well middle children are weird you heard it here first (laughs) yes sir sorry katie (laughs) all right I think that kind of brings us to the end of our podcast so thank you once again for all of our 15 listeners hopefully 10 million by the end of next week for tuning in to three of the three of us are here <laughs> for uh, for tuning in to our another brother podcast and we'll catch you guys on the next one peace out peace see ya